Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonya McQueen, with Your Mind, Your Body, Your Choice. So I was reading my Bible yesterday, and I was reading a story, um, and I'll probably say his name wrong, so forgive me if you know who he is, but I was reading a story about a guy named Nick Vujacek. Anyway, he was born without arms or, or legs. And he used to pray to the Lord all the time to please, please, please make it so he had arms and legs. And in the prayer, it was saying he was saying he would settle for even one arm or one leg, but no arms and no legs was just a bit much, he thought. But then he realized that he was being used by God to reach people just a plethora of people all over the world in schools and prisons and colleges and in businesses and churches and orphanages and hospitals. He was just reaching so many people and getting so much hug and so much validation for the encouragement he put in them just for being himself and for keeping a smile on his face and for being steadfast he encouraged hundreds of thousands of people. And it didn't depend on whether he had legs or not, whether he had arms or not. It depended on his heart and the way he used his heart to show love. And he had so much favor. And then he realized, I guess, one day that um, even though he didn't have arms nor legs, how God still took his unusual body, but gave him a heart to encourage and uplift other people's spirits. Isn't that beautiful? All that tells me is um, we depend on the grace of God just to be good people. We don't depend on other people's attaboys. We don't depend on other people's, I don't want to say encouragement, but some people take it too far, like they literally live their lives for what makes other people happy. Let's just say this young man would have been miserable about the fact he didn't have arms and legs. Now, it didn't stop him from praying for arms and legs, just like we can be very happy with minimal but we'll still pray for more, but we don't change our happiness, if that makes sense. Um, I could pray for new furniture, but I'm not unhappy with what I have. I thank God for the furniture I have, while maybe I'm like, but you know, God, I would love to refurbish my house or something like that now. That wasn't a shot to my husband. I love my furniture. He just bought it for me for my birthday, I think. My 50th birthday is absolutely gorgeous, cost a lot of money, no shots intended, but you get the point. Um, or he bought me a car for my birthday two years ago, a brand new car. And um, I could sit here and say, Lord, I love my car, but you know what? I would love the newer version of this, but I'm still thankful for what I have is my whole point. He was praying for arms and legs, and he was like, God just blessed me with arms and legs, but he did not let the fact he didn't have those arms and legs take away from his 
pouring into other people. I want to talk about two things today. I want to talk about pouring into to others and allowing others to pour into you. Almost all my life I've poured into other people, but I would shut like I'd pull down a steel door. You could not penetrate that door. You couldn't lift it. You couldn't move it. You couldn't go around it. You couldn't go under or over it when it came to people pouring into me. I actually think I picked some of my friends, some of my friends, based on how messed up they were so that I could pour into them. I just wanted to be something to somebody besides my kids. I wanted to bring something to their life. And of course, those people didn't bring back anything into my life. They poured nothing into me. But I was so happy to pour into them. But when people tried to pour into me, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I had a couple of friends. I absolutely love these friends, which is scary for me because I had a best friend for years and she was murdered. She was taken from me. And then I got another best friend later on and our house was broken into and she was hurt very badly and they blamed me for it. So I lost that friendship. Then I was a little weary about getting friends, but I got another really good friend and somebody called CPS on her. She thought it was me. And I used to wonder, what is it about me that people think I would be that kind of grimy friend? Um, and then I've had a friend that I just fell in love with and we were just as close as close could be until I wrote my books. And then she wrote her books and I don't know, she started blaming me for being jealous and hating the friendship I had with my other friends. Anyway, I got to a point I didn't want any more friends that close to me. I wanted associates and acquaintances. I didn't mind pouring into other people, but I was very private about my life, what was going on with me, my moves, my mistakes, but people would tell me everything about them. And I would pray for them, I would talk to them, I would encourage them, but I didn't allow them to know anything about me to pour back. So I had these two really, really good friends and the three of us were super close and we spent a lot of time together. And I went through something very hard for me, like it was extremely hard and, and I'm not gonna get into it. If you've read my book, you know what it was. And um, I shut them both out and they were trying everything they could to get to me, everything they could. And I just had to hurt them verbally to their faces to ensure they would leave me alone. And they did. I would not allow them to comfort me and to be there for me. I I don't know if I feel like I I didn't deserve that kind of love because of the things I've done or if I was hurt by losing so many people I just genuinely poured love into that I decided I wouldn't allow people to get that close to me again. I don't know what it was, but I know the best thing that happened for me, this part portion of my life, the last decade or so, is allowing God to place somebody in my life who pours positivity in my life and me allow it and me stay faithful to that friendship and not run or try to cause an issue between her and I so that I'm not dealing with her or whatever. I allow, Not only did I allow it, 
it opened the door for me to understand it's okay for me to trust people again. It's okay for me to love people. It's okay for me to build friendships as long as God stays at the forefront forefront of my heart because he's going to guide me to the right people. He guided me to the right husband. He guided me to the right person. He guided me to the right state. He gave me a new family. He gave me this. He gave me that. I got to trust that he's holding my heart. So suddenly I started allowing people to pour into me and tell me good things about myself and speak positivity over my life. And I'm not going to lie to y'all, that was hard. Still to this day, I have a hard time when I'm struggling talking to anybody about it. I'll pray about it. And sometimes you just need to release. You need to verbally vomit (laughs) what's bothering you or what's ailing you. And you just never know who might have the exact words you need to hear out loud. But I still struggle with that. Um, Even with my husband sometimes, I tell him almost everything. But I don't tell him everything. So if there's anybody I'm going to talk to, it's him. Followed by uh, one of my really good friends, my my mentor, my confidant. And then I have a cousin or two who I might share with. But that is so infrequent, you guys. It really is infrequent. I probably, and this is going to sound horrible, but I probably call people an average of once a month. I don't call. If somebody calls me, I'm going to answer. But I don't pick up the phone to call people. I like to text. If you're on my heart, I might text you. But anyway, it's important for you to let people pour into you. Now, with that, let me tell you. You hear how I said how God guides people to me, how I have to trust that he's going to bring the right people into my heart and my life? The devil's busy, y'all. There are so many people that he's trying to get to circumvent and to pour more negativity, to put more coals on your fire, to get that uh, lighter fluid. Your flame's about to go out. You're about to go over that mountain. And here he comes with that damn lighter fluid, setting everything back ablaze, and you go back down. You got to be careful about who you allow to pour into you. Remember I told you about the church, mega church I was at. Mega church. You're talking thousands and thousands of people go to this church and how the preacher was having people just come up there and throw money on the stage and throw money, large amounts of money. And then he said at the end, those of you who gave more money will be more blessed than those of you who gave less, will be less blessed. And those of you who didn't give any money won't be blessed at all. That is not the type of person I need pouring into me. And that is not the type of church I need to be affiliated with because with those words, of course, more people started running up there because he is somebody that they're relying on to guide them. There are so many past, there's so many good ones out there. I have not ran into one since I've been in Florida, y'all. I'm not going to lie. But I know that there are some out there. I went to a spot in a landfill of churches here. I probably visited, what, eight or nine. And at 
out of those eight or nine, eight or nine were bad. But that doesn't mean the next next one, two, three, four, five I would have visited wouldn't have been great. I just gave up. But my whole point is those pastors have a big responsibility on their shoulder. And it is their responsibility to teach and preach love. When you have a preacher who's speaking about other people, I don't care if you agree with people's lifestyle. I don't care if you agree if somebody is heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, trisexual, quadsexual. I don't care. The Bible says love. Love. You don't like somebody because they they wear their hair in a crazy way because they're wearing bonnets out in public because they have gold in their mouth because they got tattoos on their face and you're judging them by that. Those kind of preachers are scary to me because they are not preaching love. They're actually pimping hate. Be careful about who you connect yourself with and allow to pour into your soul. Every person I communicate with, and once again, I don't communicate with anybody that often other than my husband and my kids. Talk to them every day. But everybody else, I ensure you, I promise you, they are positive and they are loving. And if I slip, they're going to help me back on my feet. They're going to straighten my, my shirt out and send me on my way. It Hold my arm if they need to because they care. Be careful about the ones who like to keep that negativity flowing. And you might not even realize it. You know how it is. I have a couple of friends like this. I'm mad they mad with me. You know, I'm telling her, oh, I cannot believe this, blah, blah. And they're like, girl, you know, you you want to knuckle up? I'm going with you. I got your back. I got you. Instead of saying, wait a minute. Is it that serious, Sonia? <laughs> you upset because of this, this, and this, and you won't even remember this next week. Come on, you're bigger than that. You're better than that. Like I said, they throw that lighter fluid on the fire. Next thing you know, I'm in jail. I'm in jail. I'm going to tell you guys one more story, and I'm going to move on and end. I was in, um, and I'm going to have to send this to, to this young lady, Joanne. I was in Fort Leonard Wood, and I, I think I've told you guys this story before, and if you read my book, you know it's in my book, and I know people didn't believe it until they heard her tell the story, too. But I knew these girls were coming to fight me. I, I was on base. You know, I was uh, military part-time. My husband was military full-time at the time the guy I was married to. And we lived on base. We lived on post. You know, you're not allowed to go on post if you're not military unless a military person brings you. Anyway, there was a married man. He was messing around on his wife. And I took his wife out. There were 17 of us who went out for my birthday. And we went to this club. And her husband was there with one of his side chicks. And he got mad at me for bringing his wife. Long story short, he tells the girl he's with that I'm being messy and um, I'm a troublemaker and all this stuff. I have nothing to do with this man or his, his relationship. I just asked the lady if she wanted to go. 
and she did. I didn't know he'd be there with a side chick, and it wasn't my business. Anyway, next thing I hear, the the side chick and all these other girls decided to come up there and jump me. So they call somebody they didn't know I was very close with. Her name's Joanne. They called Joanne, telling her to set me up and get me to the club. So Joanne calls me and she was like, what do you want to do? And I tell Joanne, all right, well, set it up. Don't tell them how close we are. Just set it up. You know, Joanne's known me all my life. I set it up and I'm going to the club. And Joanne's like, well, I'm going to now. If you've never seen me, I'm five foot three. Well, I'm five four. I'm, I'm claiming five four. And back then, I probably weighed about 116 pounds, right? I weigh more than that now. But I was a size three, 116, five four. And I had no worries and no fear. And that's scary. I had no fear. So the day comes and Joanne, she's one of the people going out with me. And there was another lady who I'm not going to name. She was going. And uh, as I said, there were 17 of us. So leading up to this day, Joanne and the other girl who were considerably bigger than me. And when I say bigger, I don't mean, I just mean they're bigger. Like Joanne's almost six feet. The other girl's probably five, nine, five, ten. And Joanne's thick. She probably weighed a good two 220 and the other girl probably weighed about 220 230 so they were talking about yeah there's supposed to be five of them i'm gonna take two i'm gonna take two sangi you can fight that one girl i wasn't saying anything because that's my personality i get very very quiet the matter i get the quieter i get and i don't do a lot of talking so anyway we get to the club i'm having a good time the girl who asked Joanne to set me up, she's on the dance floor. Some guy asked me to dance. I go stand next to her and I'm dancing. Dancing was my thing, y'all. So she giving me the side eye. I don't care. I'm having a good time after the club closes. I went to this club so much, I used to enter a lot of dance contests. The, the people know me. So I was on my way out. One of the, the, the people who worked there was talking to me. And her friend, the, the side chick's friend, kept coming in looking to see if I was still there. Guess they thought I was going to sneak out, but once again, not me. So as I was exiting the club, I had to take down a few steps. And I've told this story before. So, um, And there was just a big crowd of people standing there. And she instantly starts yelling and, and saying all this stuff and just barking, barking, barking. And I'm looking at her, and she was probably about 5'6", five, 5'7", five, probably 150, 60 pounds. And um, all I said was, you're lying. And she is calling me names, and she's all in my face, and she mushed me. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, it wasn't nice, it wasn't pretty. Joanne was exactly what she said she was going to be, but I didn't need her to throw any hands. I had all the hands for everybody. And um, afterwards, we ended up back at my house sometime afterwards, and we were laughing and talking about what happened. But the other girl who was, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm, I'm this, that, this, and that, apparently they caught her before I ever walked out 
and they hurt her really bad. They they pulled braids out of her head. She was missing parts of her scalp, and um, they, they hurt her really bad, and she was in the ER, but she was mad at me. She was mad at me. I didn't invite her, didn't ask her to come. I'm going to tell you guys why I'm telling you this story again. Two things. I got in a lot of trouble after that. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out why I was getting in trouble. I got called to um, the, I don't know, the base commanders. They had a meeting. There were like all these high-ranking people. And I got in trouble. And I couldn't. I said, these women don't belong on the base. They're not military. This married man brought them and they were telling me to be quiet and I didn't want to be quiet and I got mad and I stood up quietly. Now, <laughs> I was steaming hot and they told me it was my fault. It was my fault, not the married man's fault, not the women who didn't have any place, no business being their fault. It was my fault. I flipped over the table and I walked out. There were a few things that took me years to realize. Number one, there was another young lady named Kim. I'm going to send this to her too. When Kim heard about the fight, Kim decided she wasn't going to go. Kim let me know right off, I am not a fighter. I don't want to be involved in that. I was cracking up and I was like, Kim, I don't want anybody involved in this. This this is not, but Kim was like, yeah, nah, I don't want to be sucked into that. Um, and she was being real, and I needed that. That's number one. Number two, it took me years to realize why I got in trouble. See, you guys, I had friends who I love to this day, or friend, and she had my back. But she was throwing that fuel on my fire, and I already was a fighter when I had to be. You can talk about me all day. You can yell. You can call me names. You don't put your hands on me, though. And she knew this about me, and she knew this about my family. And she fueled my fire to the point where my husband got in trouble. I got in trouble all because I could have stayed home. I had a choice to make when I found out those girls were coming. I could have stayed home. I didn't have to go to the club. It wasn't my birthday anymore. We all went out and celebrated my birthday. This was just a random night that I had Joanne go ahead. I could have told Joanne, hey, listen, just tell them girls that you know me, you're my girl, and let it be. Because then they probably would have said, oh, man, we didn't know. Um, and it probably would have just died out. But instead, my pride... And my, you're not going to punk me mode jumped in. And had I had somebody talk sense to me and say, Sonia, hey, listen, you don't know them women and they don't know you. They're just doing that because of him. Because after that, I got in even more trouble. I was so mad after I flipped that table and I walked out, I went home and got Billy if y'all don't know who Billy is, look up a previous podcast. And I walked across the street to his house. I was beating on his door and I knew he was home. He wouldn't open the door. So I bust out his window. Just crazy. But once again, there was nobody 
to tell me, Sonia, what's wrong with you? It ain't even worth that. All it takes sometimes is one person to speak some sense into you, to pour into you some positivity and not fuel your fire. I should have taken Kim's route and kept my butt home. Said, I don't have nothing to prove to nobody. You know, I, I could do this, I could do that. I'm not going to do any of that. And this day and age, if you try that now, you're going to get shot. There's just no way around it. It's Wild Wild West 2023. It's Wild Wild West. That's my first scenario. And it's probably the most important for me to lead into. When you're already upset, don't lean on the people who are going to keep your fire burning. Either lean on God or lean on somebody who knows how to put ice and cool you down. Because my second story makes all the sense in the world. I used to have road rage bad, and that's a horrible thing to have in Miami. You don't believe me? Look at how many people die in road rage accidents here. My husband told me one day, listen, you be ready to knuckle up. These people here don't fight, Sonia. They shoot, they kill over simple things. You got to remember these people don't know you. When they're driving crazy, they're not thinking, oh, there goes Sonia. Let me go drive crazy. They don't know you. They just drive crazy. It's a melting pot. Stop getting so upset over people who don't mean you no harm. They just drive crazy. And that was the best advice he could have gave because I promise you a few years ago, I was in the car with somebody and I got cut off and that person was cracking up. Oh, you going to let that go? You're going to let that go? And I ended up following that person. I ended up following that person. And it's not the first time y'all heard me follow somebody. I've done that a few times. That could have went any kind of way, but she fueled my fire when my husband knew how to calm it and cool it. Right? Smaller example than before, but you get the gist of it. You guys feed into other people positivity, love, encourage them, lift them up. Tell them when they look good, tell them they look good. When they do something great, tell them they do great. Don't be jealous of your friends. Tell them. They make money, they get a new job, they go up, double their uh, their income. They go out and buy that Maybach. They get that beautiful mansion. Tell them that's what's up. I am so proud of you. Your blessings are going to come in your way. Their blessings come in their way. You just make sure you encourage people. But when they're wrong, set them straight. Set them straight. Don't walk around with lighter fluid. It's your girl. You know you can find me at Sonia M at ledbymotivation.com or ledbymotivation07 at gmail.com. And listen, if you listened to my podcast about a week and a half ago now, um, it was with Dearis. I am doing part two today and you will hear it early next week. But I need everybody not only to listen to it, but to share it. Just send it to somebody because this man needs prayer and he needs love. 
And the guy I told you about at the very beginning of this podcast, that's the heiress. He might have been shot. He might be a quadriplegic, but he speaks with the love of God, with a lot of favor and a lot of positivity. And y'all, we could all take a note out of his book. But the part two will be next week. I want you guys to lift him up. Please listen and share it with at least one person. Aim for five, but at least one. And I never ask you guys to share podcasts, but this is for him. This is for him. I want him to get everything he deserves. I want somebody to back his um, ideas and support them financially. I want him to get his flowers in every way possible because he is breathing love and positivity into people while laying on his back unable to move. Think about that. Think about it. All right. Have a great day on purpose. And you know, I'll see you next week.